Welcome to the Voices of Healthcare Equity. I'm your host, Kim Tranquata. I am the founder and CEO of Healthcare Alliance for an Equitable World and a board-certified emergency physician. After 25 years in healthcare, this Healthcare Alliance for an Equitable World is my expression of an overwhelming desire to do more today to address healthcare inequity across the globe. There's currently a global shortage of 6 million physicians and many million more healthcare workers that include nurses, midwives, dentists, and pharmacists. With Healthcare Alliance, we are using telehealth to bridge this global healthcare workforce gap today. And we are building a global community of healthcare workers and innovators who can do the work of global health on a regular basis from their home. This podcast, Voices of Healthcare Equity, is one way we are building this community. This podcast will feature conversations and insights from innovators in global health. We will gain insight and perspective on the current and future state of healthcare across the globe. And I am inviting you to join us in this community and in our mission to make a lasting and scalable impact on global equity in our lifetime. Today's episode features Mignon Karugu, CEO of the Africa Business Group. I met Mignon one year ago at the International Society for Telemedicine and eHealth's Global Connection for Sustainable Telehealth Conference in San Jose, California. We discussed our shared interests in the use of telemedicine to bridge healthcare workers' expertise to bring that to rural and undersourced communities. And there was an immediate recognition that we could be collaborators. While we work in different industries in continents separated by nine hour time difference, Mignon has always treated Healthcare Alliance as a collaborator and been a friend and mentor to me and has made the time to speak with us today, late in the evening. I am so very happy to have the opportunity to reconnect and share with our audience your progress and developments with the Africa Business Group. Welcome, and thank you for joining us, Mignon. We'll start with, tell us about your company, Africa Business Group, and how your company is addressing equity. Thank you, Dr. Kim, for this question. Uh, the Africa Business Group is an economic development consulting firm that specializes in designing, promoting, facilitating, and implementing the African Economic Development Project with a particular focus on supporting private sector engagement. The organization was founded in 2005 and it is headquartered in Johannesburg in South Africa with satellite offices in a few regions in Africa, among which is Rwanda. We have a few sectors that are a focus to organization and healthcare has just been uh, included lately. We expanded our portfolio into healthcare because we see the need in working in this sector really because we are first of all in Africa, we are Africans. And we would like to contribute to the health of Africans so that we can raise the private sector amongst other public sector organizations that do a lot of work in many other areas. 
some of the work that we do in um, health equity includes promoting healthcare in the space of economic development. We believe that there cannot be economic development without an advanced and a developed healthcare period. We believe that people who do not have access to healthcare would not be able to work properly, would not be able to deliver on other mandates that they are asked to work toward. So healthcare should actually be a number one priority in everything that we do. Without it, I doubt that we would achieve anything really in what we aim to achieve in our mandate. That is an awesome insight. There's always a, a tension between healthcare and economic development, at least in um, capitalist uh, countries. Um, and this underlying uh, drive by your company of uh, promoting the importance of healthcare for any economic development and pointing out uh, the importance of a healthy community and access to basic uh, and advanced care as well as opportunity is the bedrock of the economic goals that not just companies but countries and um, nations are trying to develop is that am i paraphrasing that correctly absolutely absolutely so uh tell me a little bit about how uh that has uh played out and how you've been able to bring that into your company because i you know this is fantastic your company is promoting the uh, african economic development and uh, in addition to uh, focusing on business development and some other areas that also impact the social determinants of health, maybe you can tell us about those other areas as well, but you've also um, made it uh, an, a priority that healthcare is part of this economic development. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you do that with your business and your business model. I would give you an example by starting with the country I am uh, originally from, which is Rwanda. Uh, very much interested in, in how Rwanda is prioritizing health and healthcare equity for its people. And this happened right after the genocide that we uh, have had in 1994. And more than 20 years after, the country has really put everything together to, first of all, understand the need of, of its people. We had lost a lot of people. We had lost a lot of human capital, a lot of doctors, et cetera. And our infrastructure was really questionable. It is still questionable. I have to be transparent and straightforward with that. And by understanding, first of all, the need of a population, the need of a government, which is what we've done as an organization in talking with all the stakeholders, public sectors, um, also private sectors, those who provide donations, those who provide aids, 
it started to be to be more um, straightforward to us to identify the areas we would play a role into. And one of those was to identify those other organizations that would play a role in bringing expertise in the country. I would give you an example, for instance, in 2019, we were approached by a listed healthcare organizations in South Africa that builds hospitals, that expands um, rural hospitals, uh, provide infrastructure, provides equity um, to help them come to Rwanda for the first time, visit hospitals, get to talk with ministers of commerce and of health to understand what exactly the need was so that they could all work together to improve the need of the country. And it was a three-day mission, very successful one. What was discussed was not just to bring funding, but to bring human capital, which is what we need the most in Africa anyway. And within six months, this organization decided to invest in a lot of the areas that these hospitals needed funding, um, also discussions between stakeholders to try and understand what exactly could be done within a short period of time. So I think that was a successful project for us because it was tangible and it provided a lot of good things within a short period of time. Um, one of the other things is that I had uh, I had made it to San Francisco and I met you um, for the first time. Um, I had come there to talk about what Rwanda was all about, to talk about universal healthcare that we were trying to build quite successfully, but still needed a lot um, to, to improve and to, to sustain um, these models. I had come there to identify other doctors who could be of help. Um, while this is something that is still in conversations, it is something that I consider being um, walking towards some improvement, trying to do something more than what we have. So those are the examples that I can provide uh, in what our organization has done so far and is still continuing to do. And and you're you're really working in a very complex space. This is the intersection of business and politics and healthcare and international um, relations. This is a very complex uh, task you are undertaking. Um, tell us a little bit about how those things uh, play a role and a factor in, in developing um, sustainable and equitable healthcare in Africa? Yes, um, you know, there's a need for recognition, first of all, for that social, political, and economic factors are all integral to developing fair health systems. Without that, I don't think we would advance anywhere. Um, we all need as public and private sectors 
and all-out collaboration across all sectors. And this is some of the things that we, we keep on insisting that should be that, not just us, but our counterparts. We need to build inclusive healthcare systems between institutions, multinationals, uh, for-profit, non-for-profit institutions, government and businesses. Uh, these are the things that we insist at improving, innovating, um, and, and we need to build more social entrepreneurs as well, innovators, uh, keeping education as key and central. It's not just about getting resources for um, what we need or from the outside, but it, it's also about raising the human capital infrastructure so that we can at least build sustainability in what we think would help the continent. And the other thing is, I think without um, resilience, it may be difficult to overcome issues. When I think about COVID-19, the pandemic that we just uh, had experienced lately, and the way we dealt with this situation, the, the way we dealt with getting vaccines, um, not having a manufacturing plant in the country, but still as a small country, having dealt quite well um, with addressing the need of the people locally, I think that says a lot in, 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 in trying to, to, uh, to face and trying to overcome all these uh, economic development issues that we all um, experience one way or the other. Uh, indeed, uh, Africa fared better. And Africa is not a country, it is a continent. But in general, the countries in Africa fared better during COVID than, for instance, the United States. Um, a testament to the public health system. And also, we find from our experiences in COVID that um, public trust in the um, public health system and the uh, voices of government are um, crucial to how that uh, turned out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I also think that it is important to keep on bringing ideas, to keep on looking for innovation so that we can overcome these situations because nobody says that there won't be any more pandemic in the next year or five years. Um, and in fact, another example of where as an organization we see um, our role in improving health equity in the country in Rwanda is by supporting the, 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 the public sector that has taken a lead into welcoming foreign institutions in building a manufacturing plant for doing vaccines in the country. Um, so that in the next years, in the next 10 years, we, we would have capacity locally to not just help the country, but to also help regions around Rwanda and maybe also the rest of the continent um, because we would have had partnerships coming along. So, so those are the things that I think are important, bringing more ideas and being bold, I think, about uh, such innovations, you know, we don't have that capacity of experts, of engineers, of, of, of lab engineers, but I think with bringing the infrastructure in the country, it will 
help us. I think it will drive us into getting more trained experts to meet those needs. I think those are some of the ideas that we are kind of successfully bringing in our government and for our population. Mignon, you have a, a, a unique and wonderful perspective to bring um, to this discussion. Um, I wonder um, what you have learned that you could share with us um, for best practices on the one hand and pitfalls for public-private partnerships um, on the African continent within different contexts, different political contexts in different countries. So you can be as specific as uh, as, as appropriate. I, I don't expect that there to be one best practice and pitfalls. But if you see um, any uh, trends as to what does not work well for these um, public-private partnerships and what does work well, um, Perhaps you could share that with us. You know, uh, there's, 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 there's maybe a lot we can share, but there's also a lot we can learn from. You know, I would, I would always take an example from something that I, I experienced personally, because um, that is the most tangible example I can give, I can share. Again, it is about Rwanda. You know, we built systems within a health healthcare um, world and for instance community of health workers is something that we, we 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 decided would be helpful in the country why because we are a country with a population of about 13 million people but we know that we don't have that much expertise that 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 much uh, infrastructure to 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 meet the needs of the people. So what we did was, what the government did, uh, was to raise the profile of all the nurses that we could have, train the nurses, so that the nurses can attend to, you know, uh, rural populations first of all, so that they don't have any issues into getting their 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 needs. Uh, being met and being a country with just a few health centers, uh, referral hospitals, we decided that we would have the private sector coming into play. Donors, organizations such as Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, for instance, plays a big role in helping the country uh, meet certain obligations. And what we do well as well is within our KPIs, we need to report what we've done well. We need to report what is not working so that we can fix everything that may hinder future innovations and future decisions um, period. So I think that collaboration between the public sector, which is the government and uh, the, the private sector, which I had given example of, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and others, um, is a lesson, I think, and that starts with trust, like I said earlier on. Um, because if there's no trust, there's nothing really that can be done. 
So that example of coming up with that model and that system uh, of, of raising the profile of community of health workers and build more health centers across rural areas so that we don't have overpopulated hospitals in the cities was a very, very, very great uh, idea that works still today. Thank you. Um, that sounds like uh, the Build and Melinda Gates Foundation um, has, uh, you know, they're a very high profile organization, but um, they have done the work to be a trusted organization to work with um, the public, aka government sector um, in Rwanda to help uh, increase uh, these rural health centers and the nurses that are working in those health centers. Thank you for joining us in part one of our two-part conversation with Mignon Karugu of Af the Africa Business Group, um, where we have had a wonderful conversation about um, the intersection of public and private sector and how economic development is tied to political and healthcare development. And we will continue this conversation in part two.